Oh, I'm not going to make you watch Suicide Squad. I'm just going to spoil it. Really? Really? Bad. Warning, this podcast could give your ears an ulcer. If you're okay with that, welcome to the Random Fandom with Brandon and Brandon podcast. Is this episode 15? Yeah. <laughs> you had to think about it for a second. I, I did. It's good to, to be back it. in Luckily, your recording studio enough. again. It's yeah. Been a while. This is always the best part of my week. Aw. Yeah. Thanks. Or every two weeks as it's, it may be as life dictates. It's one of those things you know, for me if, that's like fairly memorable. Yeah. Like I'll remember it the next day, but usually the day after I forget. Uh, thank you for having me here in your house. You're very welcome. Uh, welcome back to episode 15, Random Phantom with Brandon. Brandon, we're Brandon. <laughs> we are. I'm Brandon Jewell. I'm Brandon Green. We are going to bring you a lot of talk today about a particular movie we both saw in the last few weeks, Suicide Squad. Of course, it's out there. It's on the tip of all geeks' tongues. And how do you feel about it? We don't care. We're going to tell you yeah. how we feel about it. This isn't you- a two-way conversation. Yeah, you should care. But before we do that, we got to thank the people that are making this podcast possible unfortunately there are none so we get to make crap up we call them our fake sponsors first it's meats by dre meats by dre is that uh, is that like a dr dre is that dr dre's new business what is that no it's just some guy named andre he goes by dre for short and he's making meats and he's selling them out of his van just two blocks up hmm. meats by dre no oh, that was that was anticlimactic uh the next one is the Suicide Squad Prevention Hotline. What's that? Uh, it, basically, if you feel like you are about to go see Suicide Squad, give right. us a call and we will try to talk you out of it. Dial 1-800-SQUAD-NO. There are other options. But we still went and saw it. We should have maybe perhaps called them. And I think we should jump right into it and make it our topic of the week. So Brandon kind of pulled a dick move. We were supposed to go see Suicide Squad, <laughs> Suicide, Suicide, Suicide Squad together, and then um, he went and saw it by. It wasn't my fault you couldn't make it the time that we all set up to go. It wasn't my fault that you had to work at the next day at six o'clock and couldn't accommodate. Accommodate like a super late movie. Nine o'clock's not super late for an hour and forty minute movie. You would have been home bed by eleven. I would have been right there beside you by eleven o five after I used Listerine. Anyways, <laughs> I went and saw it last weekend by myself. It's the first time since I was probably a, a youthful teenager that I actually went and saw a movie by myself. Did it feel lonely? I, yeah, it, it's awkward. I don't think I've ever done that. The last movie I remember doing that at Alien Resurrection, uh, starring your favorite Winona Ryder. She, yeah, she's not. But and that okay. was a bad movie. And uh, this time, was it a bad movie? Well, we'll get into it. I just gotta say, it just it just feels weird going to the movies by myself. I'm not. And some people, I'm not saying it's a weird thing for people that to a person. It's just weird for me. Yeah, no, I, I you I, know, it's one like of those it. things that if I see somebody sitting by themselves in a theater, I won't even think twice about it. But I have a, a weird reservation about going by myself. I I would. I would really just, it's just I a would, social thing. I would, for yeah, us. exactly. Yeah, and it's kind of like going to a restaurant and eating by yourself. It's a similar thing where it is where it's done socially so much that you kind of feel like you're missing something. But at the base, the base of it, I had no one to go see this movie with, and just the time it worked out, and I didn't want to let too much time go by, given it's just been a busy last few weeks. So I was like, okay, I just got to go and do this, suck it up. Fortunately, there's only like five other people in the whole theater, so. It didn't feel like wow, was really? A, yeah, God, it was a so, Saturday. You well, know, dude, like, it was we, week number two, just yeah, like Batman versus Superman. That. Big opening numbers. Word gets out. Critical reception being what it is. A lot of people have opinions on it. Precipitous drop off in week yep. number two, which was demonstrated by what the one thirty five opening versus now four, just above forty million in the second week. That's, I mean, granted, fall off's gonna I mean, happen. Sort of normal, but not more, that more so much. for a yeah. big blockbuster and and they were you know i think with suicide squad they're very happy with those week one numbers and then when the week two numbers came out it was kind of that little bit of a panic on warner brothers part and they were like oh crap this is the same situation we were in several months ago with batman v superman exactly and i think that you're gonna have drop off yes but they didn't get much retention 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, look at something like Star Wars, which is like the number one movie for several, several weeks in a row. Yeah. And it's because people who really wanted to see it went and saw it first or and second week. they tell week. their friends and then they go but, see it again. Yeah, exactly. But they would tell their friends, yes, it's, it's everything we wanted it to be. And so their friends would go see it. And in this situation, the people who really wanted to see it went and saw it. And then they told their friends, yeah, it wasn't what I expected. And so people were like, well, then I'm just going to wait. Now, as far as the movie itself, here's kind of how I feel. And there's obviously a lot of details in between those lines. But I didn't think it was as bad as critics said it was. I didn't think it was nearly as good as fans say it was. And by that, we're basing it off of our typical uh, numerical like value on Rotten Tomatoes. I think 27% critic, 70% fans is the last time I saw it. I don't think it's much better than a 27. I don't think it was quite that bad. But definitely, I'm not in that group of 70% who said, yeah, this was good. Um, You know, this is coming from a guy who is clearly accomplished and has some good credits to his name. David Ayer, Mm -hmm. A-Y-E-R, who wrote Training Day. He wrote Training Day. um, But, you know, he's also wrote and directed a lot of movies like uh, uh, Fury and, I mean, just the recent ones, End of Watch. And they all had a good reception. Oh, absolutely. He does a lot of those um, kind of gritty cop, or military drama action style movies. Yeah, good point. If you look at his list of movies that he's done in the past, this is the first one that branches outside of that. Definitely breaks his his mold, yeah. But I actually, when I first heard that, I thought, oh, this is kind of cool because he's used to making these gritty, well-written movies. Um, so are they going to bring that style into Suicide Squad? And then the marketing came out. And let, let's kind of talk about the marketing before we get into the well, nuts me, and bolts of the, yeah, of the I movie. Yeah, I gotcha. But the marketing played up this movie as something that I really don't think it was, which was... No, it sabotaged this, it. This, yeah, it, they were trying to make it a fun, lighthearted, um, witty movie, kind of the DC version's Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And it really didn't... Be- well, it couldn't become that. And it was an ensemble cast effort. But the thing is, like, only two characters mattered. The rest of the ensemble was just so, like, okay, here's this guy. We don't know crap about him. And it's yeah. an obscure-ass character. And he literally didn't do anything in this movie. And that's another thing that the marketing did, is the marketing did a really, really good job of showcasing each character individually and making it so that every single individual person outside of who who is just wanting to go see this movie might go oh i really like that diablo character or i really like um harley quinn like they might have a particular one that for some reason just off the marketing alone they kind of said that's my guy yeah they start to Um, identify with like they they would draft him right kind of the way um we do with a lot of the marvel characters when you see an avengers movie you're like oh no you know team cap right or team iron man and and um I will, I'll always be Team Jacob. But Ed, like, Edward is pissed at you, by the way. <laughs> I, I told him. I was honest with him. He said he would die for you <laughs> if he wasn't already dead. Um, I just can't take somebody who sparkles in the sun. That's true. That's just weird. Yeah. You're not but, a vampire. But anyway, back to Suicide Squad. The tone, it just switched back and forth um, it did. throughout this movie. It had a lot of dark tonal gaps. and colorful. Remember the first five minutes, it's all flashing graphics on the screen. Like, here's what this person's about, you know? Hey, yeah. and it's fun and it's lighthearted. And they're all like, hey, boys. And, and right off the bat, I was kind of like, okay. Th- and then this matches what we saw in the trailers. The commercials. And so I was like, okay, this is what I expected. And then it went away. And it just got slow in the middle. And then by the end, it was like dark and serious and is like hitting emotional strings. It's It suffered a lot from its own inconsistencies. Yeah. It and just that's couldn't wh- commit to one thing. Yeah. And I problem. don't think the movie was shot that way. I really don't. I feel like that's when studio powers that be kind of run interference and piece together something the way that it was not meant to be shown. Those could all be individual pieces of the movie, but the way it was put together and the final product doesn't seem like it matches up with the vision that was cast upon right. the onset, you know? Which makes you wonder, remember how there w- there was some news around the fact that they had to go back and do some reshooting? And there was some rumors going, well, are they going in to add a more lighter tone? And, and David Ayer, and they were like, no, we are actually going in to add a little bit more perfection around the acting piece of it and, yeah. and, and the action, um, but it's not to make it a lighter tone. 
But then when you see this movie and you can see kind of the struggle back and forth throughout the writing of the movie and the directing of the movie, you're like, now I'm actually thinking that you did go back and add some of that more lightheartedness. But then it's just it's just kind of contrasty throughout. I, I completely agree. Uh, some of the high points for me about this movie, I really liked Will Smith. He was uh, great. Even though he was kind of a, a wise kraken dead shot and he was a little more youthful uh, than the, the prototypical version of a Floyd, whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Deadshots. I don't know his full name. But I really liked him. And they let you see a little of his backstory and why he's... You know, the first thing they said is, why should they follow us and help us? Because uh, Amanda Waller, you know, yeah. the bad, the secret government agent was like, I have leverage. They explained what his leverage was very well. You see the leverage. Yes. It's his daughter. And they make the connection. And he's pissed at Batman because Batman was basically... The one who to took s- him away yeah. from his daughter. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that was cool. I thought Will Smith was a high point. Granted, you know, he's first on the credits, so they're going to obviously feature him the most. What uh, did you... Can, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, you well, first. I, just, I wanted to know, what What did you think about Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn? I thought she played her well, but it was annoying how much they went to her. Just like, hey, every two minutes, here's a dumb idiot comment yeah. from her like, hey, you boys. And, just, and to me, the costumes were unnecessary. Like she was wearing a necklace that said Puddin, and she wore a mm-hmm. shirt that said Daddy's Little Monster, and she had well, that same tattoo. Well, it could have been worse. And then property of the Joker on her clothes. It's like, okay, we get yeah. it. Yeah, she. I mean, she could have wore her standard leotard, which which, which they she, hinted at. They hinted at. Yeah. And if you see her in it, you're like, that looks ridiculous. Yeah. In real I life, thought that was kind of dumb to even show it. I think I think it was just specifically for the people who, like you're saying, who are going to see her in her new outfit and go, "That's not what Harley Quinn wears. She wears that leotard." And then, and then, so they're kind of saying, "This is her in a leotard." So here's a throwback for those who really want it. But also, it's a little hint of how dumb it would actually look in real life. That, so that's a good point. Because um, we it, did see it, and we're like, yeah, or when no, she brought out the mallet from. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I think, along those same lines. It's same thing. And um, Yeah, I didn't mind the baseball bat. I got to say, this has nothing to do with her performance, but when she's cracking those, like, alien drones, it made this annoying sound every time she swung the bat. It was just really? like... Yeah, that's, I just... That's a, I never... Dude, I come from a, a, an audio background. I notice so things notice like, that like that more than I would like to sometimes. The only sounds I ever notice are the Windhelm scream in movies. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can always pick it out. Yeah, that one's fun to listen yeah. for, for sure. Um, if you don't know what that is, Google it. Yeah, and then you'll be like, oh. I oh, I've heard that a thousand make, times. Yeah, at least uh, just in the last few days. Um, I didn't like the inconsistencies with her character as well. She's yeah. hyper-focused on the Joker. Yep. She's been brainwashed by him. They did a pretty good job of showing that, even as quick as it was. It's just like, I need you to get me something. And then all of a sudden, she's property of the Joker, and he's like torturing her and bending her mind and will, whatever. That's fine. We get it. Don't need a whole lot of backstory on that. Most people know that, uh, you know, they're in a sick love situation. But this was slightly different than what the cartoon ever showed. Well, in the cartoon, he used to hit her. Like, I swear to God, you go back and watch that cartoon. It shows domestic really? Joker violence. Oh, yeah. man, I don't remember that. I do remember him, certain versions of the comics and in the TV show, where she was really into the Joker, and the Joker was never really into her, just kind of using her. Yeah. Um, in some versions of the comics there is this really strong love story between them. And that's what they pulled out here. I actually like the fact that it was the only real emotional connection besides Deadshot and his daughter. It was the only real emotional connection they had where she's she's obsessed with this abusive relationship, but you also find that it's not one-sided. He loves her too, and he's willing to do a lot of shit to get her back. Yes. And I actually liked that. Yeah, the thing that just, I mean... the. And I agree with all that. The thing that just kind of didn't work for me is there's two parts in particular that I remember where I'm like, well, that seems out of context with not my version of who she is or my rendition in my mind, but the Harley Quinn that they've created just for this movie when they're in the bar drinking and she all of a sudden goes on a like this power monologue and telling them how like, you know, hey, we need to suck it up and you're being a pussy and this and that. It's like, that's not her yeah, place. That was weird. She just got on a soapbox and then at the very end when she... She starts monologuing again against the Enchantress and cuts out her heart. Yeah, that and was she's weird. like, and you, you mess with, with my friends. friends. I'm like, <laughs> you don't give a shit about anybody. Yeah, like, since you're when? Just, yeah, you're super focused so, on the Joker. That to me, again, not Margot Robbie's deal that she just works with what she's given, but that portrayal of her was inconsistent just by the 
tone they set right from the yeah. beginning. And did you catch they said that she was the one that killed uh, Jason Todd, the second Robin? I did. Yeah. I, I wanted to just look to somebody next to me and be like, did, did that just say she killed? Which doesn't it, seem believable no. based on who she was in the movie. But I, I'm okay with them changing little stuff like that or yeah, maybe say fine. she was it's, a part of it. It's with, inconsequential. With Joker. Yeah. Um, you know, one, just speaking of what you're talking about with Margot Ro- Robbie and um, her Harley Quinn, I find that a lot of the scenes with her are some of the best, but also some of the worst. Yeah, exactly. Highs and, and lows. And it kind of went back and forth. And a lot of the things that I saw in the trailer were kind of the worst of it in mm-hmm. the sense, which was weird because you'd think they'd show the opposite. I think that Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn was good, but when they tried to make her act like kind of high-pitched, yeah, then it fell short. So when she goes, we're bad guys. That was obnoxious. Like, certain things like that, I'm like, you're just annoying when you say that. But when she was kind of being her, her regular character, I liked it. All the things you didn't see in the trailer. Yeah, I so. I, I agree with that. Um, the thing so, is, is they made her way too sexualized, even for her, because it's just yeah. like every shot was her stripping or licking poles or, you know, grinding on people or but putting that's on kind short of, shorts. But that's what Harley. I mean, Harley Quinn. It was just too much in, the in an TV hour and forty minutes. And in the for comics, me. is known to be this sex symbol. Absolutely. And in our culture, she's actually become that. So. And that's fine with me, but it was just too much for me can we point out just some of the other characters that um it's weird that all of the characters in this are kind of a stereotype of some sort so if you so killer croc was like supposed to be like a ghetto superstar yeah he was that he wanted to watch bet yeah and And that was weird that was Um, diablo was i mean he literally has a line in there where he's like he's an essay from la yeah what are you talking about essay and i'm like or when he's fighting the enchantress's brother and he's like calling him puto or something like yeah, that. yeah and i'm like, like i'm like you can t- actually i thought you he was kind of tell that i i actually liked him as a character don't get me okay, wrong fair. we can go into him yeah but um i felt like he was written as a stereotype completely croc was written as a stereotype of a black man which i mean i know he's played by a black man but he's a crocodile he's not yeah he's not supposed <laughs> to have a a race no like yeah that. he's reptilian he doesn't identify with um, race katana it was just the strong silent japanese chick yeah and by the way she had absolutely no purpose in this entire movie none whatsoever neither did Bo- boomerang N- i know right and so literally and he was just like supposed to be like crocodile dundee bad guy version it, once again a kind of a stereotype right yeah. so so let's actually get into the character's like all those other characters. So this you have you have this um Avengers style squad that right. they're trying to assemble but with villains and you want an Avengers but edgy. But what you get is you get Harley Quinn and Deadshot and then and then s- several just toss toss away they characters. They literally contributed nothing. Yeah, Diablo was good. I actually I liked, liked I did him. Like him. He had a bigger part, and they went back into his because um, the little bit of his backstory life. wasn't bad, and then yeah, made you actually it, feel for him, and that's why. But as far as purpose, I was thinking to myself like, well, why, oh, he's just walking around with his jacket on, with his hands in his pocket, while all this fighting's going on. But he says, "I don't want to fight." But it's Which like, I, what are you, you going to do? Push and I sh- think that's the thing is like they they stereotyped him so strongly, but then where they didn't stereotype him was the way he was currently trying to change himself yeah and i actually and really I like appreciated that. that and when he turned into his like kotal khan fire self yeah that was actually pretty cool it was one of those things where i was like well that was a handy way of ending it but at the same time i didn't mind it and he's the only character that well unless you count the guy slipknot i think they didn't even say his name maybe they did it was so inconsequential who dies within like three seconds and just yeah. shows up remember no backstory just like oh I'm going to punch a woman and then, oh, I'm going to try to escape. And literally, do you remember what she said about him? He's like, no walls can contain him. It's like, that's your power? You have a... He a, climbs. Wow. The, he climbs we need you and on he's, our got squad. Like, he's got a, a, a freaking gadget belt or some crap. So he just ripped off Batman. Yeah. With the uh, the battling or whatever that it, is. He was, so I actually don't mind Bat that they claw. killed him off because he was stupid in the first place. Yeah. But, you know, as far as Katana and Boomerang, Ugh. so Katana randomly shows up. First of all... Like, just gets on have, the helicopter, like, oh, here I am. Yeah. I mean, she just randomly shows up on the plane, and... And she has a soul sword? And and she just shows up, speaking 
nothing but Japanese. And then... Um, With a Japanese flag mask on, yeah. by the way. Which is like, wow. And then Rick Flag, he's just like, don't let her kill you. Her sword will absorb your soul. And how the hell do they even know each other? They didn't even go into that. They didn't go it? into that. But the, but the but the issue I had was like, wait, that's it? Everybody just goes, oh, okay. And they show her crying over her sword. And then and then once again, Rick Flag just goes, oh, yeah, her husband's soul's trapped in that sword. And you're like, okay, that's a cool story. There's a go really cool story. Go ahead and get into story. that, yeah. Why are you just giving us this stupid little like a line of explanation? Of it? Yeah, um, because you're making us want to know more. So, like that deserves its own movie. Oh, absolutely. In 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 Japan. And does she have powers, or is she just like Michonne and I don't know. knows how to swing a sword? And then Boomerang was there only to punch a few people uh, and promote Samsung. Remember when he, he when his drone boomerang, which apparently he has. Yeah, and that was he's the other like thing. Hawkeye, but with boomerangs, but way like a poor man's yeah. version of him. He throws his uh, boomerang out, and then they're watching it on a tablet to see yeah. what it has. I don't know and if you know how Samsung boomerangs coming. work, but boomerangs are have are, cameras are on spin, spinning around. And yeah, and, and it was a steady shot. <laughs> yeah, boomerangs are basically drones for Australia. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, and so yeah, he, there was they didn't even write in to the action a specific instance where his boomerang will come into play. No, he used it like these little stupid hook knives it or something so like weird. that. It's like yeah. what kitchen did you steal that from, Denny's? It, it, and so I feel like he and was then Killer inconsequential. Killer Croc was okay. Who's an awesome character? They tried to make him. I, and I'm not hopefully street. sounding they made him xenophobic, street. but like ghetto. Yeah, yeah. They, they. I mean, they did. They. I mean, it. It wouldn't have been um, so in your face if if he didn't if his one request wasn't BET. Like that's that was dumb. That was like Michael Bay Transformers dumb. Yeah, yeah, really heavy handed, and just like wow, really. Um, yeah, and he got his one shining moment when he got to go underwater and place a bomb that didn't end up going off and was pointless. So uh, let's talk about the witch, actually. Um, From Left 4 Dead? I did not. Yeah. Enchantress. Uh, yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, but she is a witch. Darn right. Um, but like, I didn't expect her to be the villain in this. No, and the way they did it, though, it's like, wait, so what changed? Because she could call upon her and everything was fine, but then something changed? And why was Rick Flagg dating her? Even though he's a special ops guy, he should know better. It was, it just did not add up. And then all of a sudden, she just possesses some guy in the subway to become her brother or use him as a portal for her brother's spirit. Yeah. And that thing was awesome. Yeah, well, like, the same way that she took over the other the woman. June Moon or whatever. Yeah. Like some rhymy name. They should have called her Martha. Um, I just thought she was a bad villain. She was... Un- she was really bad. Unbelievably boring and just not yeah. compelling and it was so vanilla and it just was like oh wait that's the bad guy yeah but i guess when you have a movie about bad guys you should have a really bad bad guy and this was not that yeah i really would have preferred to have jared leto's joker be the main bad guy i would be fine with that um because i i guess what they were going for is the enchantress is literally trying to destroy the entire world and, and with movies like these they always have to have something that's really really bad and the joker wouldn't be really really bad the joker doesn't want to taken out by batman the world seconds um but i would have been okay with with um just a simple premise of there's this guy the joker who is on a crime spree and growing quickly and we need to stop him yeah um and then it could have been some interesting dynamics with him and harley right where harley joins the team but is really wanting to just meet up with him again. And then maybe she joins the other side, would, right? There's, I would have been fine there's, with that. There's a lot of opportunity there, but then they made Enchantress the bad guy, um, and all she did was belly dance the whole time and talked weird. And talked weird. And can we stop with the, oh, we need a bad person. Well, what are they trying to do? What makes them bad? Oh, they're going to build a portal or a weapon, just a bunch of floating scrap metal in the sky. That's so generic. Just like yeah. like, I, like when a kid doesn't Fantastic know what Four to draw. Fantastic Four had the exact same thing. A lot of things had the same thing. Like even Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles did it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, same thing. Yeah, it's just that's such a generic thing, like an interdimensional portal so my minions can come and harvest your planet it's like she didn't have a real purpose to destroy the world either no she it was, was literally like, like i'm angry at people because and she specifically says they used to worship us now they just worship machines so what do you want to mach- do about it 
I'm going to just have 40 minutes of floating scrap metal in the sky that never seems to go anywhere and it gets progressively stronger, but... But how? Like, there was no... There was no purpose to it. I thought that whole thing... You know, I actually thought that Amanda Waller would end up being the bad guy. Sure. And, I mean, she was so stupid, her character. I get She she was played well. She was played well, but... Okay, first of all, she survives two helicopter crashes. Right. Yeah, and that's annoying. She's being harvested at one point, or like her, you know, the enchantress is Mm -hmm. like mind melding her to find out all about this. And what was the deal like when Rick Flagg said, We have a high level extraction, we need to see if you guys can do it? So was she there in captive, or was they, was she just like, Yeah, was she just playing them to see if they could do it? And you remember at one point, when Rick Flagg says you can't come in here, it's confidential, yep. and shuts the door and goes and talks to her. And then two seconds later, Will Smith just walks in. It's like, so where was the enforcement on that? Or did he just pick the lock? Like, he just walks in and uncovers everything. Yeah, it's like, wow, way to keep that secure. Yeah, it was so dumb. It's just so, like... So, can we... Yeah, let's talk about that whole situation, the whole storyline by that, where they're on this mission to rescue a high-value target who ends up being the person who sends him on the mission. So literally, so Amanda Waller... So it? I don't understand. Amanda Waller sends, like, I don't know, 30 soldiers, 30, like, American soldiers to accompany a handful of criminals. And it's like, why are they there? To protect the criminals? Like, what, What's you, their purpose? So it's like, yeah. And you literally have, if you think about it, Diablo is the only one with like real powers. And so how could, I mean, De- and then Deadshot's just a really good shot, but Harley Quinn is a freaking bat. How is that, that- any better than a military person with a, a an assault rifle, right? I know, right? And so- Who's so, trained. <laughs> who's trained. And so you have 20 of like the best military people going to escort these villains. Yeah, what's she call, call them? Metahumans or meta people or? Well, some of them are, but not all of them. Yeah, they, they really aren't. Um. And then, so they, that's a lot of lives at risk and including um, the risk of having these villains go with you on this to save Amanda Waller. And then Amanda Waller proceeds to shoot six of her own guys. Dumb. That pissed me off because that was dumb. I'm like, look, I get it that they're top secret, but you just killed six of your own loyal people, six American people. That just there's just that that makes it so that you're not on the good side anymore, and I can't follow anything you do. You are if if she ended up being the villain, I would have been okay with it. Yeah, because I would have been like, oh, she's a bad person, but no, she's still a good guy. That doesn't make it sense. It doesn't make sense. And why would Bruce Wayne, if you stuck around for the mid roll through the credits, work with? Yeah, why work with her? And then that makes this whole exercise futile because the whole purpose yeah. she set up the suicide squad because they need a contingent plan because Superman's gone and there's still evil in this world. And just like, you know, kind of like Nick shield, Nick shield, Nick Fury was using shield to prov- for, to f- proof against, you know, bad things happening, right. alien invasion and war. She was trying to do that, but over in the DC entertainment universe, right. And yet, at the end of the movie, if you stuck around through the credits, Batman or Bruce Wayne, Ben Affleck, Ben Wayne, basically just says, you know what? I see what you, you were doing here, and it's a failure. Uh, I'm just going to get together my own group of friends, and we'll see what we can do. So it's like, yeah, that it, just nullified the whole point of what they did. And everyone goes back to prison, minus Diablo, who sacrificed himself, which was actually a good move for him, because he was clearly not going to live peacefully with right. what he had done. So yeah. I, I wasn't... I wasn't sad about that. That that actually added up to me. But yeah, it's like, so what was the point of this movie? You know? Yeah. And I mean, it was like there was like two missions in one, I guess. And that was kind of confusing because yeah. you thought they were going to stop Enchantress, but then they were actually going to rescue Amanda Waller. And then they do. And then she gets in a plane crash again. And then it's almost like instead of going to enchantress to stop her they were just going to enchantress to get amanda waller still yeah and did she purposely put herself in that situation like they didn't explain that it was they didn't explain it it was confusing now i think one thing we've i mean you touched on it briefly but we haven't really spent more than just a few moments on it let's just take a little time to talk about uh the joker yeah okay was that scarface or was that the joker with like all these machismo clothes and golden everything and the tattoos and being in the club joker looked high on cocaine yep more than he looked crazy i will take heath ledger's joker 
all day compared okay, to this. Okay, well, nobody can no, but I'm just saying, almost I don't, ever get I'm to telling Heath you, I thought Heath, Heath, Heath Slater. I don't know who Heath Slater is. He's it's J.C. Slater's brother. Thank you. Uh, J.C. Slater or A.C. Slater? J.C. Slater is A.C. Slater's cousin. <laughs> yeah. I get it. Say by the bell, yeah. botched references And then references they were in that plenty. band, A.C. D.C. Slater. Slater? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Future fake sponsor. Uh, no. I'm not saying that Heath Ledger didn't do a really committed job to that Joker performance whenever that was back in like 2009 by now. I'm just saying I caught that movie actually after like three or four weeks after it had come out and everyone's talking about that and that's all people were really talking about. And and I I was just like, okay, it was good. I didn't think it was great. Like I'm not one Ledger's Joker. Yeah. Oh God. I thought it was, brilliant and that's fair i was just like i maybe i had heard it talked up just so darn much by the yeah, time i finally I went and saw it and i was just like okay it was fun and you know it won him the the oscar for best supporting actor uh posthumously as it was but just to go show i'm not a nut hugger for it i'm not like oh my god what do you mean you don't love that performance i thought it was good i thought it drove the film for sure it did yeah but- it, well i think i think it's what made his second batman flick the best out of the three that he made Christopher Nolan Chris I'm sorry yeah. Christopher Nolan is what I meant yes yeah. I was just so but I'm just saying I'll take the thing that I kind of thought was overrated frankly all day compared to Jared Leto's uh version of the Joker and again we're, right. we only see how it was edited to be but his actual on-screen time he was like punk rock Vans warp Tour Joker and with the tattoos of ha 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 it's like we yeah. get it. Like they they were trying to be so in your face, like almost like the Ninja Turtles. Like they're such radicalized versions, right? In the twenty second so, century version of the of the character, and it was just too much. So I, I I agree with you. So in a lot of ways, where I I'm split on the Joker. There are certain things about that version of the Joker that I don't like. He growled a lot. Have you noticed that? There's a points when he was just like a he just did this like weird growling noise. If you go back and watch it, you'll okay. see. I so. Didn't, no growling. Joker doesn't growl. <laughs> so here's my question, though, is that you have to get unique with a character like the Joker in the sense where you can't have the really standard Jack Nicholson Joker mm-hmm. because almost it's like after Heath Ledger's Joker blew us away, we have to see something different. Yeah. We can't go back to a really bland Joker. They were given an impossible task, which was to create a Joker that at least stood up as the follow-up to Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah. And so they went with something completely different and they were like, okay, what are we going to do? Let's make him this kind of mob boss style with tattoos. And he's definitely still crazy. But if you don't like that, like, I'm curious, do you have an idea? Do you have a different idea of how to approach the Joker? I just, he just, I I say more psychological and more twisted. This guy just seemed high and agitated. Like he, you know who he reminded me? He reminded me of Tuco from uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, like, yeah, there's like just Joker, Joker had a method to his madness. This guy just seemed like, I don't know, this version of him just seemed just. Well, he's definitely methodical, and he's a planner, and you can tell by the way that, like, near at the end where he breaks out um, Harley Quinn and with some of the other stuff in the in the middle of the movie, you could tell that everything he did was a plan. Like when he came in with the ship, yeah, he took over a ship, came in and just started shooting with the gun, the his uh, machine gun, and that was obviously planned in order to make that happen. So he's methodical in some ways, but. Not like in the really big picture, like what we expect the Joker to be, where he has this real long endgame. Yeah. Um, he just seemed like such a, a subplot to this movie. Yeah. I, and here's the thing. Are they going to factor into any future DC? Nope. I don't think so. I think he just got Harley back and he's going to go do his thing. See, I, I actually think that he will be the next big villain. I think that they will do a Batman or a Suicide Squad or something where he is the main villain. Yeah, because he's not going to factor into Justice League because it doesn't take you know six form yeah. superheroes. Yeah, the Justice League's going to have to fight in kind of like, like a galactic huge, style. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't think he. F- the thing is, is he really had like what fifteen minutes of screen time at best, and the majority of it was cutaways and and, uh, and flashbacks. Yeah, yeah. So it just was hard to say that he really even mattered. And I think he could have been better with more screen time. I really do. I I I think if there was more time to develop him, 
because the stuff I saw him in, I didn't mind. And I, it, I, it intrigued me. But just I, like the gold jacket and hanging out in the club. The Joker doesn't hang out in nightclubs. Like, that was... See, this version, though, I'm okay with it. I yeah. mean, they made Batman kill, which I, pissed me off. But the more I think about it, the more I'm okay with it. Because I'm like, I get that they're trying to do something slightly different. And if they're doing the same thing with Joker, where they're like, the Joker doesn't hang out in nightclubs. So they were like, well, ours does. And I'm like, okay. You know, I'm okay, I'm okay with that the more I think about it. It's just that I feel like there wasn't enough time to give us give us a something to really latch on to about the Joker. It just I agree. at first it wasn't what we all hoped it was. And then we it what he didn't get as much screen time as we all hoped he did. And then he wasn't the main villain at all, which I think a lot of people were of hoping for. A, a tie-in at best, kind of inconsequential except for at the very end really when he actually showed up in real time. Um, yeah, I, I did not like the fact that remember at the very beginning, they made this security maximum security prison be like impenetrable. And, and he just breaks and then in. he just breaks in with some guys in a machine gun. I did like how the one guy, they never give him a name, but he's clearly Joker's contact person. He's like his number two. Yeah, kept calling he's him just bo- a regular guy. Yeah, but he kept calling him boss, which is something like they used to always do, like in the back to the old original Batman series. Boss, we got to get out of here. You know? Yeah. Hey, boss. He's from the comics, by the way. He was probably a henchman that got a promotion. Yeah. Actually, that's I thought kind that of, was kind of cool. Um, yeah. I, I hope they do more with him in a future installment in a, you know, a standalone characters film. But yeah, I don't see him being a big factor uh, yeah. in the upcoming Justice League saga. Um, I think wh- I think he will somewhere along the lines. I just don't know where. Yeah. Or, but, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Um, but Jared Leto has been vocal. Yeah, I've kind heard of that. about not being happy with how much was cut from the movie. Right. And so And the way I, it was described to him apparently before he signed on was not the end result. Right. And so I know he's not happy with it, and I'm sure Warner Brothers is not really happy with the way he is going and vocally um, yeah, it's a bad showing for his distaste for it. Yeah, it doesn't look good. And so that makes me wonder if he will come back. Yeah. I'd love to just go hang out with like, you know, the the director or the writers and be like, so can I see the movie the way you intended it to look versus yeah. what we saw theatrically? Cause in I, this case, Ayer says, David Ayer says, this is what I intended. It still seems like just, I know we all kind of feel like it's not. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's like something just doesn't add up all in all. Again, my, my takeaway. Yeah. Let's sum this up. I would say it was like a, a C, you know, C for cinema. Uh, if not, you were to give it, it was a not percentage, must-see. what would you say? Like thirty five for me at best. Really? Okay. Yeah. See, I I had some I had some real problems with um. There was no overarching mes- message. There was in this not. whole thing. Um, the action so, was good. I'm sorry to right to cut you off, but the action was good. I will give it positive reviews for that. Yeah. So um. And and I'll and I'll touch on that too. Overall, I felt like I was like, what's the point of making this movie? I Very guess. Very much so. Um. To make and money. I didn't feel like well, yeah, of course. Any movie. I didn't is. feel like there was a point to the whole thing i thought the villain i thought the villain was just so underwhelming and in a movie like this you need a good villain and i also thought a lot of the characters were wasted and completely useless they, they might as well not been on screen but the good parts about the movie which were um most of what harley quinn does everything deadshot does i actually liked the rick flag character um amanda waller was at least played well and the action was really fun yeah and so there's a lot of things, and there's good humor throughout, um, sometimes oddly placed, but there is good humor. And so it, it's kind of a mixed bag, but all in all, if you were to kind of meet somewhere in the middle, I'm right in the middle of what critics are saying and what um, what users are saying. I would give it like a 55 or 60, right because by the time I walked out, and I think I had low expectations based off reviews, but by the time I walked out, I was like, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. That's fair. Um you know, until further notice, I, I also, I, I look forward to seeing, obviously they made it so that you'll be seen from the main characters, like you said, Deadshot and, and uh, Harley Quinn, more than likely, possibly the Joker again, although they're going to be in prison. So it's like, well, Harley's getting broken out at least, but one positive note, because I don't want to sound completely negative. I think even though they were like literally two minutes, but the scenes where Batman was on screen got me excited. Yeah. Yeah. It was Although kind of... he was like her, 
Waller's errand boy. Like, it was weird. Like, that's not how he operates, you know? She's like, she, it, they basically told you that she made it so he would go get these people. Oh, really? That's I didn't what, that was my somehow takeaway. catch that. I didn't yeah. catch that. That was my takeaway. Final thought that I just, it got in and it got out. Even though it really lost steam for me in the third act. Like, remember, it started off like fun, music, on-screen images, fast, fast, fast. And then by, like, midway, it was slowing down. And by the third act, it was really dragging. But altogether, it was an hour and 40 minutes, a whole hour and seven minutes less than Batman vs. Superman. So I'm so glad <laughs> they didn't wear out its welcome. That's true. That's true. They could have kept a lot of crap in there and then made it just feel like it was dragging on. And so, they didn't. So we welcome your feedback. Do you agree with what we said individually, collectively? Have you even seen it yet? Would you want to after having heard us talk about it? Make sure to let us know on our socials. We're at Random Fandom WBB on Twitter. You can email us, randomfandomcast at gmail.com, and you can check out our website where you can hear this podcast and all our archive podcasts. Usually we tell you this at the end, but <laughs> just go check it out. All right. Well, yeah, that was Suicide Squad. That's what we thought of it. Um, I'm around 55, 60%. Brandon, what did you say you were at? 35-ish. Okay. So not as bad as critics say, but definitely not as good as users, and that's, that's where we sit. Seems like a fair summation. But we're going to move on. We're going to talk about video games. No Man's Sky was released. That is the big news of the week. Have you played it? No, man. Have you? Uh, no. And there's really not any other news. So, so um, let's talk about television. Let's. A couple of things on the docket. Did you know? What the hell's a docket? I don't know. It's just a saying. It's, it's like a dock and a pocket. Ooh. Dock pocket. I wish I could fit docks in my pocket. Oh, dude. Have you ever walked off a dock? And into a pocket? Yeah, <laughs> of water. I want I want a pocket that's big enough to hold a hot pocket. And so I could it just be... It has to be an insulated pocket. Well, that's obviously... Oh, and you put your insulin in it because you get diabetes <laughs> from eating too many hot pockets. That's why I eat lean pockets. Ah, yeah. so smart. What, what was those those other ones? Croissant pockets for French people, I think. Croissant pockets. <laughs> croissant pockets. <laughs> for French people. Yeah. Um, so French people like watching TV, uh, as do some other nationalities. And they might... But mainly French people. But mainly French people. Um, and apparently ABC, or ABC, as they say in France. <laughs> <laughs> I used to know the whole French alphabet. It's weird. E-F-J. That's E-F-J. Anyways, uh, ABC <laughs> is potentially going to make a Star Wars show. I don't know anything uh, they're about They're in this. talks. Um, yeah, and so not much more info about this. So I it's just wanted to, speculation, rumored, Yeah, like I said, just talks. Um, but I kind of wanted to, especially you, since you're you're more of a Star Wars fan than I, I am still a Star Wars fan. What do you think of that? Would you be okay with a Star Wars real life television show. Now, keeping in mind that there's already the uh cartoon that does pretty well. I'm cool with a cartoon uh, as far as something episodic and reoccurring on a weekly basis. I think that's as far as it needs to go because when something gets the ABC television treatment of a big property, you don't usually end up caring. For instance, do you really care still by now? For Agents of Shield, even if Ghost Rider is going to come on this next season, which oh why no, the hell I would stopped Go- watching that a while ago. And why would Ghost Rider come to the Agents of Shield? Or why what? not? I guess they're all in New York, the better, bigger I mean, New York. It's all the Marvel Universe, but yeah, but yeah. Anyways, they take the name, you know, Marvel's Agents of Shield. You know, Shield. Well, yeah, they're the B cast in in the comics, but mm-hmm. they still contribute and have interactions with the bigger. Uh, heavier hitters in the marvel universe and so they use the names but you don't really end up caring because it's just like these minor characters so even if they were to do a a star wars show it's not going to be luke it's not going to be han it's not going to be anything it's not even be these new main characters because those people are movie stars they make movie star money but in the same way that rogue one is taking all new characters i you know i'm i'm one it depends if they can do that same thing where they can pull a new story with new characters in the same universe and still have that magic, then mm. it might not be that bad. Yeah, but see, Rogue One, it's there's not going to be a Rogue Two because you already know 
where right. in the its places in history is. It's in between episodes three and four. So yeah. it's done after this. It's a standalone. It's a one-off from, I imagine. But I guess I'm just saying like... I just don't understand why you would do a Star Wars TV show live action. It just, it, it would not pull my interest. I don't like seeing big, you know, movie magic type stuff getting television treatment. It just, it cheapens it. It's almost... It does. Like, I agree I with think, you. And that's the thing. Now that, you know, uh, Disney owns... Marvel, Disney owns the world. Pretty much the world. I think and it they would own be ABC. A, it'd be a ABC. I think it would be a bad play. I think it'd just be too much. Just, just like keep throwing. And it's yeah, just, there it's is oversaturate oversaturation. That yeah, is and there's totally mispronunciation. <laughs> and, and and I mean, we could. There's going to be a lot of people who are like, "No, give me as much Star Wars as I, as you can, and I will absorb it all." And then there's a lot of people who are like. You know, after a few movies and after the TV show, they're going to be like, kind of tired of Star Wars it right now. It just sounds like a vessel for promoting a new toy and clothing line, really, is what and it is. And I'm reads. sure... And Star Wars, to me, as big as a fan I am, I, I love Star Wars. I've probably seen the Star Wars movies combined hundreds of times, mm-hmm. and I'm really not exaggerating that much. It's creepy. Uh, well, I was a kid, you know. It was VHS. It was the weekend. I watched Return of the Jedi like three times in a row when I was eight. That's what kids do, you know. Especially because my mom, um, she was never there, and uh, and so I needed Ewoks. Um, <laughs> Star Wars is something to be experienced, as far as its releases, every once in a while. Star Wars is not right. a weekly installment. You know, oh, this week on Star Wars. No, yeah. that do- that doesn't work. Star Trek, great weekly installments. That's how they started. And then Absolutely. they turned it into a movie yeah, versus fine. the other way around. I, and- I do not want to see Star Wars become a movie so so or become a tv show right and then you know it has to be palatable so they i don't know could they show pg-13 i guess that would be the equivalent tv-14 on on yeah. prime time it just would seem like they would be having to hold back a little bit uh, and, there's so, some pretty i i mean they can do a lot with the tv ma or tv-14 i don't think they'll go ma because why yeah they, they don't no, need it to would be no need um they might even go under that they might go to the tv pg, PG. or whatever I, I, and and it'll still be okay because there's even in the movies there's no blood well there ever. was a little bit in episode seven remember when uh ray or i'm sorry ray uh finn is still a, a trooper and then the other guy who gets okay right next to him, sure just but that the was first time that was, was for the dramatic but like i mean people no will get their arms cut off and unlike well, lightsabers um, kill Bill. There's not a, this blood squirting everywhere. Lightsabers cut so cleanly and at I, such a high temperature that it cauterizes. But I mean, whatever the reason, I'm just saying that. I just you told can, you the reason. You can, you can do that. You can like literally cut somebody's arm off, but it doesn't seem graphic. That's true. Um, so I, you know. Anyways, I, this is all just we're speculating yeah. about a speculative thing on the internet. I'm just saying, if it was to happen. It would. You wouldn't be. I, I'd be okay with I, it. I wouldn't it support was, it if it was completely separate from the storyline that we're used to. Okay, that that would be Let's at least that a good jumping so off point. Yeah. Everything in the Star Wars universe is around the same, uh, same storyline, and there's some offshoots, but they always kind of go. They're always kind of connect to that main yeah. storyline. There's always um, going to be an empire. There's always going to be a rebellious faction. There's always going to be like yeah. a, a rogue. And in this case, I don't mind them being in those same wars. Yeah. But I think that they should be completely separate. I think that there should be no Death Star. I think that there should be, uh, you know, no um, no connections to that main story. They should be other people fighting the same war, but completely opposite like sides on a of the universe you've never seen and before yes exactly yeah. cool. that's that's the only way i could see it working so that's like we said completely speculated upon but we do know for sure that luke cage is coming to a netflix near you now of course uh on the screen luke did appear first on jessica jones and uh i really liked luke cage and i'm actually I, that was one of my takeaways at the end of Jessica Jones season one is like, where did Luke go? So I'm assuming this season now all his own is going to fill us in a little bit while seemingly giving us some backstory to a new, tra- the original trailer debuted very teaser ish uh, at San Diego comic-con. And there's a new trailer out. So that trailer really gets me significantly more excited about the, this new Luke Cage show than the first teaser trailer that we saw from comic-con. It's a great uh, follow up, and it builds on it for sure. And, 
what's this? It's all episode. That's what I love about the Netflix format. We'll probably be saying that a lot, but you don't have to wait week to week. Yep. You're just you're you diving in over the course it. of a weekend. Uh, a little more than a month from now, the show is in the pipe, just waiting to be uh, available for streaming September 30th. That's rad. That is going to be something I'm probably going to knock out real fast. We both recognize the guy who plays who they're painting as the main villain. And we don't know if this is taking place after he basically hightails it away from Jessica. I think it does. Or if this was his backstory leading up to me and Jessica. And they do show, uh, again, uh, what's her name? Uh, Rosario Dawson's character, Claire. As the nurse. Yep. uh, From Daredevil and that whole Hell's Kitchen universe. So it takes place in Harlem. We know that, according to the trailer. Uh It looks rad. I'm just pumped up. It looks... I really like this uh, guy who plays Luke Cage. You know, yeah. Luke Cage, as far as just a character on paper, well, what's his power? Well, he has unbreakable skin. Well, and he's super strong. And yeah. he's super strong. It's like, oh, well, that's easy to do. But, you know, I think this guy brings him to life really well, too. And he was just, you know, kind of in the background in Jessica Jones for the most part in uh, her first season. So I think it is really cool he's getting his own show, and I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I, yeah, you know, when it comes to characters with superpowers, the powers aren't what make them interesting. It's like it's it's the person behind that and how they deal with those powers. And in this situation, it looks like we're going to see his origin, which I'm excited about. Um and it looks like it's it's him trying to figure out really what his powers mean to his own surroundings. And I I like that struggle, and so I'm actually really excited about this show. I think the trailer is doing a lot for me. Yeah. So let's just uh, wait it out till September 30th. I think this could be our next big uh, Netflix obsession after uh, Stranger Things has come and gone. And yeah, here we are in the month of August, a little more than a month to go. So that is something definitely to put on your calendar. And what else do we got to talk about? So Hey, Brandon. Yes. What? You go. No, okay. I'll go. Yeah. All right. Brandon first. This Brandon first. Okay. That makes sense. I have for you, since we are throttling downward. Yeah. Uh, I have for you this week's Shadow of the Synopsis. You ready to see if you can identify what I'm going to describe for you? Oh, oh, wait. Let me get in my Shadow of the Synopsis mood. All right. I'm ready. Cool. The mad scientist, Dr. Tongue, he's created a wide variety of monsters uh, within the bowels of his castle, and he's unleashed them on a nearby suburban area, terrorizing all the inhabitants. It's up to two teenage friends, Zeke and Julie, using a wide array of weapons to unconventionally put these monsters and zombies at bay and ultimately come face to face with Dr. Tung himself and defeat him and put an end to his plans. I think I know what this is. I think you're... You're going... If it's what I think it is, you're going way out on a limb. I am? I mean, like... Well, then will you join me <laughs> out here? So what I'm pulling out of that is uh, the doctor's name I, I don't recognize. And so first I was like, I have no idea. You don't recognize Dr. Tongue? Dr. T- yeah, Dr. Tongue. That's weird. Then you said the name Zeke and Julie. Mm. And then, so it sparked a memory in my mind of a video game. Okay. And then when you said the word zombies, yeah, it kind of solidified it. Is this... Zombies ate my neighbors. It is. I wanted to say, I, I did want to drop zombies in case it was too obscure. I actually really liked like, Zombies w- Ate My Neighbors. Fun game. It was really, really cool. Dude, it's like, if it was a movie, it'd be a cult classic. And it kind of is a cult classic of gaming. Developed by uh, LucasArts, by the way. Was it? Okay. Yeah, back in like, and uh, Konami uh, published it. That's I remember awesome getting that game on Sega yep. um, as a gift. Yeah. And it was one of those things where my, my dad just went to the store and was like, I don't know what I'm getting, but I want to get a game. And somebody said, get Zombies Ate My Neighbors. And it became, it was just one of my favorite games for that time. So yeah, we are we are on a winning streak. Uh, I wonder if uh, it will be on the Nintendo. Uh, it won't. No, I mean, eventually, like they might do a second round of releases. They won't. Well, um, I'm still buying that thing. I cannot wait. I'm literally, it's on the, my... The, 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 yeah, the NES Classic um, won't have internet connect connectivity, so there's no downloadable platform to download anymore. Uh, and if it did have that, release like a then later? I might be interested in... But there's no CD drive. There's nothing on it um, to, to do that. I don't know if there's a USB port, and maybe where they might sell a little flash drive that has 30 more games. But 
it just seems to me like it's they, they kind of had. I think they were trying to keep the cost really low, and they would have been like, "Oh well, so if we they, if we add a Wi-Fi, then it's gonna have to be eighty dollars." I understand. And but I I'd be more inclined to buy it. This is really sobering news. This is like hearing your kid has Parkinson's or something. Oh man, yeah. We just lost that one listener whose kids has Parkinson's because he's like uh, too close to home. Shake it off. <laughs> Screw you. Anyways, uh, you want to take us home with uh, our awesome quote in geek history? Sure. So for the awesome quote in geek history, I wanted to play something by our pal Will Smith. We'll keep the Will Smith, <laughs> Smith. <laughs> keep the Will Smith train rolling. Yeah. So um, he was in this movie called Independence Day, which was the prequel to Independence Day Two. Right. Yeah. Re- resurgence. Resurrection. Resurgence. Um, the resurrection of surgeons. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's the aliens come and they're like no we just want to help by performing surgery on all your sick people and then we you. were like no <laughs> that's the plot it might as well have been the plot i understand it was really dumb number two first one's awesome first one's awesome so and here's in one... this movie sorry i'm gonna just yep. assume i'm wrong here but in this movie will smith is a tour guide and he's showing a, a new kid around like the Earth campus. Yeah, and so what's and, going on um, here? And here's just a little quote of what he says to the new guy who just shows up. Welcome to Earth. That was really nice of him to be so welcoming. Do you remember the first time you saw that movie? That was like just a crack up moment. And, like he had a lot of time to react from the time the alien jumped out. He's like sized him up for a second and then he's like then decided yeah. to punch him it was not like just an instantaneous that, reaction think about how different that movie would be without will smith will smith made that movie and oh completely and he's one of the and few randy actors. quaid too props to randy yeah. quaid he's one of the few actors that can have one-liners like that and make them work like like that whole welcome to earth thing it made you go yeah it didn't make you go that was lame yeah if it had been ll cool j it probably would have been lame right well because he he'd be like well come to Earth, because he couldn't stop li- licking his lips. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was really good. I was like, "What are you doing at first? And of course, who who better to lick one's lips than LL? LL actually stands for licking lips. Cool, J. <laughs> it does. Some uh, people say ladies love cool. James, you know, he's but... he's like uh, you know he does it well with the ladies. So why why doesn't he just like get some ladies to lick his lips for him all the time? let's gosh let's, let's get him on the podcast him. yeah <laughs> if you want to email our podcast friendship zone get aboard the train and email us randomfandomcast at gmail.com what's that you want our twitter at random fandom wbb 41 likes and counting you want to be number 42 <laughs> get on the train oh, welcome wow. to our podcast and then what else we got um yeah our website is randomfandomcast.com and make sure to check out all our previous podcasts. Just because it already happened doesn't mean it's any less valuable. Yeah, you don't have to go back to the very beginning. Cause yeah, we, we were, did one. We, were we spoiler our, casted our one ways. on uh, the Bible. Uh, that was a weird one. That was a long time I ago. I know. Spoiler. Like, the good guys, <laughs> yeah. the good guys win. Yeah. Good guys win. Uh, are we done? Yeah, let's go out of here. All right. Let's go out of here. Thanks for listening. We love you. No critics are the same, no matter time, no place They don't understand, directors gonna make some mistakes So to you all fans all across the land There's no need to argue, critics just don't understand I remember when I was told that I could write the movie They asked me to write and direct, I said so I started drafting up Suicide Squad And sure, I'll admit, it's a little bit flawed When a brother started bugging at the story I wrote I didn't say nothing at first, I just turned up my nose They said, what's wrong? Here's a hundred million dollars I said, guys, I wrote Training Day, you know that I'm a baller The next several months were the same old thing They kept adding characters like a ton and boomerang And then they lost their minds and did the ultimate I asked for Jeff Johns and they gave me Snyder. I said, hey, what are you doing? You're ruining my rep. They said, your family new director. You don't have a rep yet. I said, guys, let's take a step back, please. They said, no, you never make money with a dumb art show. Now there's too many characters. No plot, it's just lousy. But I can only do what the studio allows. But if you don't want to, I can live with that. But you got to tone back on that misleading marketing fast. 
They weren't moved, everything stayed the same. Inevitably, the first critic scores came. I thought I could get over, reviews made me sick. So I took to my Twitter to defend my flick. There was nothing I can do, people were just so mad. The tone was so different than the marketing said. When I read reviews, it was just as I thought. Fans weren't too happy with the tickets they bought. And those that liked it still had complaints because Entrantress as a villain was a real bad mistake. I got home and told my wife how my day went. She said, if they don't like your movie, then they're not good friends. A glimmer of hope as I lay my face in my hand. It wasn't as bad as Batman v Superman. So to you all fans all across the land, there's no need to argue. Critics just don't understand.